Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. Amen. Bye, kids. You did, did a great job. Thanks for worshiping with us. Sing a little louder. Hey, we're going to pray real quick. We are turning to the Word of God today. Now, there's a certain somebody that uh, attends Second Service, and I can't say who it is, but uh, she always tells me that I need at least 10 verses. Uh, and so uh, I have at least 10 today, and I'm told they don't count unless they show up on the screen, at least the reference. So keep count today. But we go to the Word. It's great because this is what changes our lives, right? This is what, this is what we transform to. We believe the word of God, it is from him, it changes us. Amen? Amen? So Father, we come before your word. Oh, transform our minds, transform our hearts. Lord, we bow to you, we receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so last week I told you that uh, we were probably going to be done with our Kingdom of God Endgame series. Probably. So I didn't lie to you because we're doing one more here. Um, the truth of the matter is this. Like, okay, I was, as I was praying, Lord, what do you have for us? And Lord, and he's always faithful to give me a word. But it fits so well into this Kingdom of God Endgame series that I'm like, oh, it's part of it. To be fair, I'm pretty sure any topic you'd ever preach on could fit into Kingdom of God Endgame. Because the truth of the matter is, we're all headed to the end game with the Lord. Well, what about Christmas? Yeah, Jesus came at Christmas. Woohoo! Why? So that he could live a sinless life, so that he could die on the cross and raise again, so that if we believe in him, we will not perish, but have everlasting life in the end game. So we could go on, on and on and on, but this, this topic in particular does fit very well into this, uh, this series. So join me with with the word as we go into a nice, light-hearted, fluffy topic. The final judgment. That's right. I know. You're excited about today because I'm talking to us today about the final judgment. Now, the truth of the matter is, it's in the word of God, folks. Not one man, woman, or child is going to escape the final judgment. Okay? Now, I promise you this is not a doom and gloom message, but I do want to... Sh- I, I, we need to have a full realization that there is a judgment coming. Right? Right? Now, this fits really well, you graduates or those who are getting close to the end of school. Like, it's like the final exam. You know what I'm talking about? Anyone have finals? Or did they just give, get rid of finals this year? It's like, whatever, seniors, you got it. Graduation, enjoy but when I was a kid, we had finals. Um, they don't go away in college. Uh, I had one particular history instructor in college. Um, the first time I took his class in history, I, I paid very close attention. I took notes. And then, I kid you not, the last day before the final, he said, all right, everyone, today I'm going to tell you everything that will be on the test tomorrow. And anything you write down on this note card, you can use tomorrow. Oh, I wrote teeny, 
tiny, and is everything. So, and, and, and I aced the test. So I took that professor at least two other times. I didn't pay a lick of attention to him until the day before the final. I'm like, I got this. I don't remember a thing from his class. I don't recommend it. <laughs> the final judgment isn't a final test. I want to start by saying that because the test happens already. You either passed or you failed. The, the final judgment isn't about the pass-fail. You pass when you come to Jesus. You get eternal life. That, that's, that's the game. That, that's what we're doing here. But the Bible does talk about judgments. The final judgment. Matthew 25, scripture number one, write it down. Matthew 25, it talks about the sheep and the goat judgment where we, uh, the sheep go on the one side, the goats go on the other side. There you go. I'm not going to go into detail on these. Uh, the Bema seat judgment. I just like to say Bema. The Bema Seat Judgment found in Romans chapter 14, 10 through 12. This is the one where it specifically says that each person will have to give an account of themselves before God. I promise you we've got good news today. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, okay. I better start taking notes. I think when I was five, I did something good. I don't remember. All right, that's God calling right now. I'll wait. I'll wait, class. Not to make it awkward, but I'm looking at... Oh, I'm just kidding. If you're online, you didn't know what was going on. That's all right. Uh, the Great White Throne Judgment. This is found in Revelation chapter 20, 11 through 15. This is the one where we get, this rep we, get, we get the Lord sitting on the Great White Throne, and he pulls out the Lamb's Book of Life, and anyone whose name is written in the Lamb's Book gets to enter into eternity. It's a good book to be in. And I do want to say, all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus, and you will receive the salvation of your soul. You will be written in the Lamb's book of light. That final test won't be all that hard if you've come to Jesus, but it will be tragic if you've denied him, run from him, and, and have not given your life to Jesus. You've got, you've got this time of your life to do it. When you breathe your last, that's it. That, that's when the test is over, and, the, and now you get to go before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I do want to say this, and this is the good news. Romans 8.1 says this, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Okay, Condemnation simply means sentenced to punishment, da damnation. I said that in church, damnation. And death, it's in the scripture so I can say it. There is no punishment. So when I, you go before a judge, they're going to issue your sentence, right? The judge will issue your life in prison or whatever it is, five years, per, whatever it is, or death penalty, whatever it is. They don't often say damnation, but, it, you know. That's the condemnation. That is the sentence. Now, the Bible's very clear, okay? So when you read, if you read about these judgments that I just mentioned, the Bema Seat, the great white throne, all of these things, and you start to get scared. Folks, rest assured, there is no condemnation for using Christ Jesus. There is a judgment, but if there is any punishment to be had, it's been taken on by Jesus Christ. It says, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That is uh, in Isaiah. If you come to Jesus, there is no punishment. I can't say that enough. There is, no, this is good news. You should be giddy with excitement. Because you all actually deserve punishment. 
But in Christ Jesus, he forgives all your sins. He forgives all your sins. And he's taken the punishment upon himself on the cross. The punishment was paid. If you've come to Jesus Christ. Okay? But I want to focus, so we could go into all of those things and really dissect the judgments. I want to focus on one here. I think it gives us a good example of what this judgment is all about. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But I do want to say this beforehand. Everybody look at me for a second here. How you live, what you do now actually matters. Okay, I, want to, I, I got to say that enough because I can get up here and I can make it very clear that it's not by works, you are saved by grace through faith, faith alone. You come to Jesus and you're saved. But the truth is, from that moment till the day you breathe your last, what you do actually matters. It has potential to be eternally impactful or it has potential to be rubbish. Even though you're saved, your life can amount to rubbish. Or it can amount to something significant. Your life actually matters. My brother-in-law and I always have joked around about a ministry we would love to start called To Die is Gain Ministries. This is where we get people saved and then we just take them out of the world as fast as we can. (laughs) And we say it jokingly, kids. Because it's true that I've seen so many people just live, they they come to Jesus and then their life is just a train wreck. They just live however they want anyways. They're still going to heaven, folks. I'm not, I'm not calling the shot on that. But the truth is, I'm like, oh. And, and the truth of the matter is, if what I did on earth didn't matter, I might as well to die and gain. But to live is Christ. You can't forget that part. You have, oh, you've got opportunity. You've got opportunity. You've got opportunity. What you do, what you say, how you live actually can matter up to eternity. So wake up. Because your life and the deeds and the works of your life will pass through a judgment. And what actually matters will carry on as a reward for you into eternity. And what doesn't matter will be thrown into the garbage pail and burnt just like everything else. And so this is a, this is a good news message, but you have to understand you've got potential. You can also throw your life away. 1 Corinthians 3, I'm going to read 10 through 17, says this. Whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Press pause. When you come to Jesus and say yes to Jesus, you are given the only foundation that can be built upon that will actually matter. You're given salvation. You've got it, okay? Anyone who builds on that foundation, speaking of Jesus, may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. Your entire life's work burnt. The builder will be saved, salvation's still there, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. 
for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. This last verse was bonus round credit. I'm not going to be going into that, but it's good stuff. I'm going to focus on uh, before that. But folks, everybody, look at me. You are a builder. Every man, woman, and child on planet Earth is a builder. Even if you haven't come to Christ, you're a builder. You're a builder. Now, you're not, we're not all skilled actual builders to build actual structures. Please, some of you don't bother. We, we got enough Frankenstein houses around. You are, I'm kidding. I like that house. Don't judge me. I, I'm going to pastor a different judgment, not yours. Just back off. Jesus talks about in Matthew 7. That one counts, by the way. It's on the screen. Matthew 7, that's, uh, don't build your house on the sandy land. He sang it. Don't build it too near the shore. Well, it might look kind of nice, but you'll have to build it twice. You'll have to build your house once more. Nobody knows this. Wow. Thank you. My wife is the only one saved in this room. All right. If you are building on anything other than Jesus Christ, this can be any atheism, agnosticism, it can be anything. If I'm trying to build something, even if I'm a Christian and I'm trying to build something apart from Christ, my house is garbage on the right. It's just going <clears> to... <throat> the only thing that matters is what's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus also said in Matthew 6, verse 19, that one counts too, uh, <laughs> that we are to build ourselves, store for ourselves treasures in heaven where the thieves can't break in, where the moths can't eat it, where rust can't destroy. We can build something that will last, a treasure in eternity. When you say yes to Jesus, this is the first thing you need to know, you have found the only foundation that you can build on that will last. You've found the only foundation that matters. You can live your whole life and build the most amazing, wonderful empire in whatever industry you have, but if you've not built it on Jesus Christ, it will be washed away in rubbish. But if you build it on Jesus Christ, it will last. Yeah, but I spent my whole life, I did all the humanitarian work that I thought would be good. Every time I went to Hagen, I clicked, yes, I will round up the five cents. I hate that, by the way. I, like, they, as if they've done something wonderful. At the end of the year, they're like, we raised $5 million for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You took my money every time I went and got milk at the store. Now, it's okay. You can give to that. But what I do, what I loathe about that, and please, if you do that, do, keep doing it. I'm working through the guilt of it, all right? But that's what I hate about it. Because it may be a cause I have no idea about, I don't care about, and yes, it's only five cents, but the fact is, I'm feeling guilty when you say, could you want to round up? Do you like widows and orphans and people who are sick? No, I don't want to. Well, when you say it like that, right? The truth is, so I, I, this, is a, this is a great point, by the way. This is a really good point. When I say yes to even something silly like that, if I'm doing it out of a, out of a guilt complex or because I'm worried what the checker's going to think of me if I don't do it, it won't last. It's rubbish. It's building a house off, off the foundation of Jesus Christ. And this is what I'm trying to get a, get a hold of, of us today. I can do the most amazing things on planet Earth. I can, I can surrender my body to the flames. I can, I can serve every orphan and widow and every poor person and sick person. And if I haven't done it out of a source of faith in the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus, it won't last with me in eternity. This is, this is, this is the judgment. 
What, did you do it out, were you doing it out of guilt? Were you doing it because uh, you, you, felt, you felt bad not to? And I also want to say uh, this. If I knew, so my, this, this foundation is actually right in our backyard. It shows you how big our backyard is. But uh, that's another house being built. I took a picture of that. But when my dad and I were building our house, uh, we knew that at certain points, especially at the end, that building inspector was going to come. And if things weren't up to par, we would have to rip them down and do them again. And so we were taking very seriously everything we had to do. In fact, there were a couple of things that my dad said, we have to put these blocks here. And I'm like, but why? They're not doing anything. The inspector needs them. So I went through all the hassle of doing these things because I knew the inspector would come. Now, how much more, if I knew, folks, if I knew that the inspector was going to come, Dan, when you're finished with a house, the inspector's going to come with a flamethrower. How different are we going to build that house? Uh, maybe we'll skip the wooden railing and go with something a little more non-flammable, right? This is, this is the thing. So we're getting this picture of, of in the end, there's going to be this, this flamethrower. And what, what has been, been built with uh, lasting things will, will last. And also, look at this. You're given these materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. Did you know the three little pigs has its origin in the scripture? It's true. Wood, hay, straw, it's right there in the scripture. They stole it straight from the Bible. In the end, the Lord will come and huff and he'll puff. And he will blow your house down. Listen, he's not, he's not trying to scare you. He's trying to invite you into building something wonderful for eternity. Using the materials that he provides. Not just your best guesses. Not just the things that you think would be alright. Not running after the lust of your heart. These things won't last. So how do I know? How do I build something? How do I know what materials will last and what won't? Well, I can tell you this much. You can't just copy the house plans of the person next to you. Okay, I'm going to say that again. When I'm talking about building something into eternity that will last, I can't just look at Pastor Zeb and then model my life after him and do everything he does, and in the end, hey, look what I built. Because the truth is, what God has given Zeb to build might just be rubbish if you try to build it. It's really easy to look at somebody like, oh, let's, Mother Teresa is always an easy target, right? Mother Teresa. And I mean that in the right way. Mother Teresa, she spent her life, she laid it down for the poor, the needy, right? Am I right? This is amazing, and we should honor what she did. But I shouldn't then model my life doing the exact same thing. What? Because to me, if that's not who God created and called me to be, I'm building a pile of rubbish. I don't model my life after Billy Graham because of what he did amazingly. Even though I, I, I should honor it, and I'm like, wow, but then I don't say, well, I better, do, I better do giant evangelistic stadium events too. And if I'm not, I just, I'm not, I'm nothing. What God has called Billy Graham to do is different than what he's called you to do. And what the building materials he's given him are different than what he's given me. And so I have to rely on not my understanding and not somebody else's model. My wife and I were just talking just yesterday after, after I, I, I'd written this message, uh, you know, oh, this amazing worship leader. They're doing amazing things all over the world. And how can I feel guilty that I'm not doing those things, right? Well, then you're not called to do those things. You're called to do what God's calling you to do. And if you just try to model what they're doing, it will be rubbish anyway. 
I'm not saying that doing these things is bad, like serving the orphans and the widows, that's a good thing. But there's a difference between doing a good thing and the God thing God has called you to do. And there is a more anointing upon, let's just say, a, a chef who's doing what they're called to do for the glory of God than, than a, a hundred missionaries who are just spinning their wheels because they think they ought to do something because they're feeling guilty. And we sh- this is not a we should all be pastors and missionaries uh, sermon, but there, some of us should be if you're called to it. What is the point I'm trying to make? You've got to find out from the Holy Spirit daily who you are called to be and step into that. That's when you start to build stuff that actually matters. I spent this last week, uh, uh, a a friend of mine teaches uh, leadership at the high school here in Ferndale and he knew he was going to be gone for a week so he asked me to fill in for the week. Um, and, and there was a, I mean, I had a great time, but there was this one, one young man in particular who, like, my, my heart, like, the Holy Spirit was clearly moving. And, and I just spent my time interceding and praying for this, this young man. On his own fruition, he decided to come into my classroom and just eat lunch with me every day. And, and I'm like, okay, Lord, like, I'm, I'm waiting for, like, the big, heavy revelation, or, hey, let, why don't you kneel down and let's have an altar time right now. And that never happened. I just listened and I encouraged and that's all I did. But I, but like I, had, I knew it was the Holy Spirit leading me to intercede and pray. And, and I don't know what kind of impact that had. or if it, like, But the truth is, I don't often, when I'm being obedient, I seldom actually get to see the fruit in the end anyways. It's not until I pass through the fire in the end on judgment and then I'm like, oh my goodness, that simple act of obedience was a two by six stud in the, in the house. And I did not know that at the time i love it when i get to see the fruit and we oh and now this you know but but the the truth is those acts of obedience are the treasure you're building those acts of faith when you are moved by the holy spirit i want to read this uh this verse to you it may seem a little bit obscure uh, but trust me it it, it it matters second peter 1 verses 20 through 21 it says this Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and then they spoke from God. What is moving you? This is the simple question that you need to ask yourself. What's moving me? Like we, I, I, we love that phrase, oh, hey, you move me, baby, or whatever it is. <laughs> Sorry, that was... Let's just close in prayer. <laughs> what is moving you? Because a lot of things have the tendency to get us up and moving, but not all of the... Stop laughing or I'm going to kick you guys right out. <laughs> Lord, forgive them. And when they pass through the fire, oh. Ah. Let's move on, shall we? When there's a lot of things that get you moving and get you going, but like, like I use the example of that guilt. If guilt is what's moving and motivating you to do something, it will not last into eternity. If, if a manipulation, if anger, if whatever, these things... Don't last into eternity. What lasts into eternity? When you are moved by the Spirit of God to do something. And that can be different than what's moving so-and-so. Here's the other thing you need to know. Just because you're moved by the Holy Spirit to do something doesn't mean I am. 
And that, that's the other hiccup we get on. Let's say uh, I, I feel great compassion, and I do, but, like, but let's say I feel great compassion on, um, on people who are displaced by natural disasters. And I'm just like, oh, we need to help these people. There was an earthquake. we got to do something. And, I'm, and I feel legitimately moved by the Holy Spirit to do that. And I go up, I go up to Pastor Zeb and Zeb, we have to go help the people who were displaced by this, this earthquake. And he's like, that sounds like a really great idea. And you're like, well, well, you don't seem as excited about it as me. I'm like, well, no, I think it's a great idea. Maybe you should organize something. Well, what about you? We have a tendency to look down our nose on people who aren't doing what we're called to do. Well, you don't seem to focus enough on X, Y, or Z in your, in your walk with the Lord. Well, maybe that's because we're fearfully and wonderfully made differently. And the body of Christ is made so uniquely, and he's called you to fulfill a unique role and a, and a unique gifting. And if I tried to build what he's calling you to build, it wouldn't pass through the fire in the end anyway. Because it would be my own human effort, my own guilt, my own manipulation, whatever it is. Folks, we have to be moved by the Holy Spirit. And this is, now I know like when you're graduating, when these different points in your life, there's, there's these big, higher, oh Lord, what do I... Move, move me in the right direction. Those are fine prayers. But even better, daily, Lord, what are you moving me to do today? And it might be something so simple. Buy that person's coffee. Well, that doesn't seem very spiritual. Just do it. I'll, I'll be in line with you. Just do it. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just trying to throw these examples out there because it can be a simple, simple act, but when done by the moving of the Holy Spirit in faith, done in faith, and you don't even get to see the fruit of it. Those things last into eternity. Those are building treasures into eternity. Those are building houses that will last into eternity. But anything done apart from that isn't going to pass the final building inspection. And this is the judgment we're talking about. We met with uh, the high school guidance counselor a couple weeks ago, Josiah and I. And he just went over, okay, here, is, here, are, here are the classes you need to, you need to take. And here are some options you can do. We're talking about things like running start and stuff like that. When, when Jesus, in, in uh, John chapter 14, 15, and 16, that counts for three, he, he started saying things towards the end to his disciples that they didn't quite get, but he would say things like this, it is so good that I'm going to the Father. I'm like, where are you going where? It's really good that I'm going because I will send you the Counselor, the Parakletos, the Holy Spirit, to guide you into all things. See, what he's saying here is, when you go to, you go to the counselor, it's like, you need to take this class and this class, and then you could optionally take some of the options are fun too. Here's the elective classes. The Holy Spirit wants to be your daily counselor. Like, Holy Spirit, what should we do today? Lord, put someone on my heart. Whatever it is. And then when he says, hey, you could do this. It doesn't have to have fireworks blowing up everywhere. But you do it simply in faith. It's building something into eternity. Treasure in heaven. This is, these are the things that will last through the judgment of fire that we just talked about. I'm calling us to be moved today by the Holy Spirit. Moved by simple faith in Jesus Christ. Anything that's done without faith isn't going to last. But I can do anything he's called you. He's called you to do 
me to do different things. And when I give it to him and I say, Jesus, I'm doing this unto your name, move me in the Holy Spirit. And I'll just say yes. I'll just say yes. It's building things. Your life can matter for something. It's more than just get them saved and get them out. If that were the case, as soon as we said the, the yes prayer, he'd take us home. But he left us here to build the kingdom, to create beauty on earth as it is in heaven. Where there is lack, where there is the kingdom of darkness, we are called to partner with the Holy Spirit and say, what can I be involved here? And then I step out in faith and I do it. Stephanie, I'm going to have you come. Because I want to spend, I want an altar moment here. You just bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want, I want us to just ask the Lord, Lord, have that moment, a guidance counselor session with the Holy Spirit. What is it you've got for me? Father, our heart's desire is, is to see your kingdom, is to see, uh, see the joy of the Lord, see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we love you. We thank you that we are saved simply by believing in Jesus and we're given a foundation and then we're invited to a building project for beautiful things. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.